break out your wireframes and heat up those Git repos. We're ready to tackle topics ranging from accessibility to front-end design, user experience, and beyond. You're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast with your hosts, Michael Feenan and Aaron Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Drunken UX Podcast. I'm glad that you have joined us this morning or this afternoon or this evening or yesterday morning or even tomorrow in the afternoon. I don't know. I'm not the boss of you. I'm just your host, Michael Feenan. <laughs> I'm your other, other host coming to you from the future, but back to the past to appear on the episode. I'm listening to this tomorrow afternoon. So it's quantum so, recording. Yeah. We've, we're trying out some new stuff. Yeah. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the box model, the CSS box model, the biggest <laughs> box model, whether it's cardboard or corrugated or maybe uh, plastic, whatever. Like, I, I don't judge. All boxes are beautiful. Let them all go down the runway. <laughs> that got really weird. Uh, Cats love them. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be talking about sizing and spacing and, and how things work. And I know that sounds to maybe some of you like, why are you talking about something so basic? Because you know what? Everybody's at a different place in their journey. So we we wanted to sit down and, and get down to this. Plus, even I learned something while I was researching this episode. And if that doesn't tell you something, then I'm an idiot. For those Wait. of you who have been in the game for a long time, the words box model might conjure up feelings of anxiety and uh, panic. If you lived through the mid mid early aughts, <laughs> but it's better now. It's very much better now. We, it's it's <laughs> better. It has improved. We have cleaned things up, um, and and we're gonna show you how to clean things up by using this. And, and I do kind of ask: Are we gonna talk about how to center a div? That seems to be uh, something I mean, everybody it could come wants up. to know. Yeah, we'll see. There there is a a, a, a an opening in the notes for it. If you want to jump in there and just. This night could yield anything. You could learn how to center a div here. You you could learn how to center a div. And then you'll have to find something else to complain about when you're doing your CSS. Uh, <laughs> mobile Safari. Mo- mobile Safari is my hell right now. So oh. uh, I, w- I won't go into why. Just understand that Mobile Safari <laughs> is the new IE. And it's the new IE 6. <laughs> my life <laughs> is awful. Uh, <laughs> Hey everybody, I am, uh, I said your host, I'm Michael Feenan, that's Aaron Hill. Uh, if you're new to the show, I uh, hope you stick around, we're going to have some fun tonight. Um, we always kick off every single episode by talking a little bit about how the drunken applies to the drunken UX <laughs> by having a drink. Um, Aaron, I need nope. you to go first. Yeah, I'm not drinking any adult beverages, I'm drinking water, uh. and my water is gone. I, I had I had the Rona. And I'm Oh, that's right. I'm yeah, sorry. I uh, But you survived. Yeah, I survived. I'm like on the mend. Oh, it's fine. Um couple scary days, but uh <laughs> not not to be political, but and this shouldn't be political, but get your fucking vaccines, people. Jesus. Like, <laughs> I got mine. I I'm just, a boosted boy. Yeah. I did good. Uh man. I was really hoping you were drinking because I'm about to tell you what I'm drinking. Oh, no, dude. Like, live it up for me, please. Like, I will drink vicariously. Oh. It's weird. Okay. Well, then maybe I'll drink vicariously. Well, depends on what you got there. Okay. So we're going to see. I'm going to. I I just have to rip the band aid off and see how you react to this. So. Is it the rocks? I'm not scotching it up. I'm not fancy boy in any way, shape, or form. 
uh, so Christmas, um, I was experimenting with some stuff, and I, I bought my wife and I a Christmas present. Um, and uh, it's called a Soda Stream. Have you heard of these? Oh things? yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I drink a lot of water. I'm okay. I'm trying to be a healthy boy on top of everything. Um, and so I. I I like soda more for the mouth feel, so sure. to speak. Yeah, I know, the, like, I know what you mean. I don't, I don't need this the the pop. Like, in fact, uh, frequently I'll grab a Pepsi or something, and it's like anymore. I drink so much water, it's like, ooh, this is like thick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a thick boy. I don't yeah. know why I keep making this joke, but I'm doing it. I'm a <laughs> joke boy. Uh, so I bought a Soda Stream. And I've got a bunch of little, like I was using the flavor squirters, you know, just in yeah. with like a glass of water. I'd use a sure. flavor squirter, zero calories, tons of cancer. Um, so I got the soda stream. You can see my soda stream. It's a liter, little liter bottle. You yeah, can tell, yeah. you can see my orange, so and my nice orange flavor. Um, it's either orange or on very unhealthy urine. Um, and a lot of rum. <laughs> That's cool. I man. was like, dude, I've been there, man. It's cool. I'm like, it's Good almost job. like just doing like orange soda and rum, and that's yeah. fine. Like, Why not? what if I put rum in my water and put it in the soda stream and carbonated it? <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if this is like, I don't know how I should feel about this. All I know is it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've done, I haven't done that specifically, but I've had similar. Uh, mixed beverages in a soda stream bottle and it's great yeah i mean yeah it it is absolutely not bad so that's what i'm doing i i man i don't know i got strange um (laughs) (laughs) wait did you remember to carbonate the bottle before putting anything into it oh no i i just mixed it all and then put it in there and let the carbonation mix Ah, so you gotta carbonate your water first and then do the flavors and anything that's not water. Otherwise, it um, can get residue and stuff on your n- the nozzle. Well, I clean it, though. I wipe it off. Because, I mean, it, it feels uh, weird to, like, put stuff in a bottle of carbonation and then shake it up. Like, that feels <laughs> oh, like yeah, a bad you, you idea. Oh, yeah, you don't have to shake. You can just kind of, like, agitate it by rocking it back and forth. That works. Yeah, that's just like me. I get agitated when people <laughs> rock me back and forth, so... Uh, I'm on fire tonight, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fire boy. <laughs> God, this is going to go on all night, isn't it? Um, let's get into this. Let's just jump in. Uh, okay. I, I jumped in the pool. I'm up to my ankles. Uh, the box model. Now, this is something, if you've worked with CSS long enough design, obviously these words will mean something to you. They may not mean a lot, or they may, uh, like I've, I frequently ask, this is like a good question. I usually ask uh, like an associate developer or a junior mm-hmm. developer if I'm interviewing. It's This is one of those things where I just want to see how your brain works. And I'll ask the question of describe the box model to me. It just, it demonstrates kind of, you know, what you think about, how, you know, how you artic- articulate a concept yeah. um, and things like that. The way I tend to, this is like literally my definition. It's not, you're not going to find it written anywhere. I mm-hmm. tend to say it's, the representation of a DOM element size, inclusive of the content, padding, border, and margin with an asterisk. Because yeah. the margin is generally not part of the size, but it is right. considered part of the box model. Like the, It's part of the model, not the box. There we I, go. That's a great definition. I would add to that that it is an abstraction. It's not like an official named thing, I think. 
Is it? It's, yeah, it's not really a spec. It's a collection of specs, and it's a name we've given that collection of specs. Yeah, like we just we, – we refer to it in this way when we're talking about the stuff as a concept. Yeah, like you don't set – there's no CSS property, right? You don't set right. box model. <laughs> right. Although you kind of do, but it, it but you don't isn't call it called box. that. It's like like you're not allowed – it's the taboo word. You're not allowed to say the word. You have to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not Macbeth. Um, does <laughs> does Macbeth apply to podcast recording? Oh shit! Wait, okay, what? well, as a th- oh, you don't know that. Never mind. No, I can't. I, oh. I I'll tell you afterwards. It's a theater thing. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's a theater. It's like thing. uh, like the the King in Yellow. You can't say his like, name. Like wishing somebody good luck backstage. It's oh, I got it. Taboo. <laughs> it's a board game. Um, so to, we we let's let's step back just for a second, okay. right, and and think about boxes and think okay. about websites and elements right when you think of a web page right every single item on that page is a box it's a rectangle in mm-hmm. some form yeah even if it's path clipped even if it's border radius in its base form web pages only understand the concept of rectangles right because our displays are grids of pixels and i mean this goes back you know mm-hmm. Years and years and years. And even though, like, because we have the ability now to draw a circle with CSS, you know, using a polygon, things like that. Like, we have these different uh, abilities now. But the only way we really have as a designer, developer now to articulate an item in space is with X and Y coordinates, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And I got it. It's like the box model is kind of like how containerization is. The box is like one size fits all conceptual abstraction that will contain any element on a page. That is part of it. Mm-hmm. But you also have to include this. I mean, the size is really like. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's like. That's the meat. That's the configuration of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like everything on the page, regardless of what it is, if it's a checkbox or a radio button or block or anything. It's a box. Yeah, radio button, good example, mm-hmm. right? Radio button, something round, mm-hmm. right? But if you open up your inspector and you hover over that element, what do you see? Yeah. See a square, see yeah. rectangles, whatever you, whatever size you've made it. So we speak in squares. We speak in rectangles. Rectangle, squares are rectangles. Rectangles, not always mm-hmm. squares. Um, so the way I tend to talk about web pages is if you think about it like you're building sort of a, you know, with two-dimensional Lego blocks, basically, mm-hmm. you know, the entire page can be broken down into a series of these horizontal and vertical lines mm-hmm. in different places that just carve it up uh, in, into ultimately blocks. I, I think what you're really describing there, like kind of reductively, is when we used to use like tables for layouts. Because yeah, when in we that were case, very truly limited. It was like really, really a box and it was a single plane of boxes and you put stuff into these literal cells um that's why and, and nary a box could overlap right right because the difference now is that with z index stacking and absolute positioning and just like the way things flow normally you can have kind of like multiple planes layered on top of each other yes i yeah, think like a photoshop layer almost yeah you know, or something like yeah. that like yeah you have these sort of non-dimensional layers that mm-hmm. you can work with like your z index can be a thousand you know, increments deep, but 
that doesn't actually produce thickness, so to speak. You know, right. there's no there's no actual dimensionality that takes place, but we do have this ability now to layer. Um, and so, and that's actually key, right? Because like I say, it feels like in in the base concept when you say we can only work in rectangles, it's like then how do we get even remotely close to doing the things we do? And it it's like yeah, Legos are just bricks and blocks, and yet mm-hmm. you can build a Millennium Falcon out of it, or a double decker couch. There's or a spaceship. A spaceship. Uh, <laughs> wait, the Millennium Falcon is a spaceship. I or, I, I self doubt. I think it's a hunk of junk. You know, <laughs> we are just on multiple levels of humor tonight. This is gonna, this is a weird <laughs> weird episode. We are mm. ten minutes in. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, like we discovered that yes, a block in its base form is a rectangle, mm-hmm. but we can do so much to manipulate those blocks that we can now do incredibly powerful things. Mm-hmm. Most of that is at its base level empowered by how the box model works. Right. So, let's get with some of these like starter kind of concepts, right? Cuz okay. you can't just jump into understanding box model without sort of understanding the things that make it Right. So I think the the most basic concept would be that every box has a width and a height. Right. Like just implicitly, tautologically, by design, a box has width and height. But not always. Well. Before they have width and height, (laughs) they have display. Right. Display is important because it controls width and height. Mm -hmm. So, So we have, right... Whenever you see the CSS elements, or, or, or sorry, the elements and the CSS uh, properties on them, you'll generally identify two very quick uh, properties for display. Now there are mm-hmm. more. We'll talk about those. But mm-hmm. what are what are those b- two base? Um, are, I'm guessing inline and block. Inline right? and block, and yeah. and also so, and we sort of have like a pseudo abstraction of those two, right? We can do inline block. Right, which is a combination of the two effect. Like it is literally both of them together, so it behaves like both of them together. The, the I guess purest instance of each of those is that a span tag is the inline version of div, which is the block version. Right, and there are a lot of each of these. They're both anonymous wrappers, though. Now there are some other display types. Mm-hmm. You can have display table, display flex, display mm-hmm. grid, obviously. Um, we'll talk about those in a second and how they fit in. At its base, though, a a block is either inline or block, literally, mm-hmm. and these are what we consider outer types. Mm-hmm. They define the actual, you know, essence of that block. Table, flex, grid are considered inner types. They define the way blocks behave inside oh. of another block. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way before, and it's. Also important to note that anytime you use one of those custom inner types, mm-hmm. its parent is by default block. It's mm-hmm. display block. It should also be noted that an element that is inline, you can't set the width and height for it explicitly. There you, you go. You can only do that with a block, um, a block style element. Inline is really just like this is the box that wraps this content, but that's it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and so you hit on it, right? When when you said at the start that, like, oh, they have height and width, and I was like, well, sometimes. Because, yeah, they don't behave the same. So well, I block, mean, like, 
the span still technically has height and width. You just can't like you can't set it. It just it has it expands to fit the true. contents. Yes, that is true. It does yeah. have an intrinsic height and width. Right. Um that comes from just being in line. Right. So a block, if you are a display block, this is gonna be things like most commonly a heading tag H1 through H6, mm-hmm. divs, P tags, yep. um, section tags, article uh-huh. tags, yes. you know, these sort of abstract um uh, sectioning tags. Technically the uh, body tag too, I think. The body tag is technically yeah. block level, yes. Um, and there are certainly quite a few more than that, too. But mm-hmm. these are the ones that, by default, in most browser style sheets, those will display block. Some of the qualities of that mm-hmm. are, A, they will extend into space. Width-wise. Width-wise, yes. Yeah. And so they generally will default to 100% width uh-huh. of their parent. Yes, and and they will vertically extend with the content you put into them. Yes. Yeah. And they will also clear each other. Yes. So even if you have Wait, let's let's explain what that means. Yeah. So like let's say I have two divs mm-hmm. display block, and I've said you're forty percent width, one after the other. Mm-hmm. Even though forty plus forty is eighty, they will be one on top of the other, not one yeah. beside each other. They will clear. Clearing means it will come after it. It's like the the carriage return on an old typewriter. Like, ding. It's the part. You reset back to the far left of the column that you're in, and then you begin again. Could could you do that for me just one more time, though? Ding. Typewriter boy. So... Yeah, and to be very specific, and this is where things get a little fun and where, you know, I, I can take a little deeper dive on this. That whole thing about, like, a block-level uh, uh, element will extend into space is only true when you have positioned it statically or relatively. It is not true if it is positioned absolutely, in which case it will use max content as its width. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yeah, I agree. When when something gets positioned absolutely, it loses sense of the space around it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know how much room there is anymore. Positioning something absolutely basically removes any context that it can have about the space it can fill. And when you're dealing with absolute positioning, it has like an origin point, you know, wherever the yes. element appears in the flow. But beyond that, it I mean, if it was to extend 100%, that would be the viewport, basically. Right. Extending as far as it can. Um, Which can send it off the page. Right. Un- right. Very unintentionally. Like, that's, yeah. Right. So, that's just something to remember. Um, mm-hmm. I will, let me, just because I brought it up. So, static versus relative. Do you mm-hmm. know the difference between static and relative? Uh, difference in what sense? Well, you can do, so you can say position static, you can say position relative. How, how does that affect... Position static is the default display for elements. For some um, elements. Right, right. Um, position relative allows you to um, use the top, bottom, left, and right oh. properties to position it relative to where it would have rendered. Correct. I actually encountered this recently. I was trying to get some navigation elements to line up, and I was using both text links and also... Um, like font awesome icon links. I think it was font awesome. Maybe it was material design. One of those, but it was an icon and there's also text. But because 
the way the text works with baselines and their vertical alignment of it, they weren't sitting correctly. So I actually had yeah. to take the icon next to the text link and then use relative positioning to bump it down about five pixels to get it to show right. Yeah, and so if you've positioned it statically, that that's that is pretty much the only important mm-hmm. difference between those is static doesn't understand top left, bottom right, right as a positioning uh, rule. Relative does, but it will otherwise follow all the other rules. It'll be a hundred percent width. Yeah. If you don't define it, it will honor any height and width you give to it, any padding, margining, all of that. It will otherwise behave entirely like a block. Um, static. And positioned and elements with positioning relative or absolute are in two different stacking indices. Yes. And position relative is higher, like in a separate set above statically Z index items. So if you have three different spans and they're floated or whatever, and then you have something that's it's position relative or position absolute, it will appear above the floated ones, whether or not you want it to because it's a separate stacking index. This doesn't happen as much anymore. And so if you're listening, you're like, what the fuck? Um, we don't do float as much because we yeah. have things like Flexbox and CSS Grid. And have, other yeah, better, better tools. Yeah. But that was that was a thing, though. <laughs> you, you make me think, though, because you, you know, earlier you said, will we center a div? Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, we had the only way we could really think about web was X and Y. Mm-hmm. And then bring up Z index, right? Like that's... yeah. That's the third corner of the triangle now. So I that maybe is obvious and goes without saying, but I thought it was it would make for a good just kind of tie-in point there that mm-hmm. this, having Z indexability now and, and layering is that then third dimension that we have missed. Yeah. Even though I said yeah. earlier, like there's no dimensionality, there's no <laughs> physical depth to it, obviously. It's right. It's digital flat depth kind of thinking. Yeah. Um so okay, so that's that's block level. Um inline, right? Mm-hmm. Inline most often applies to anything that wraps some kind of text, usually. Yeah, like uh, this would be like a span or emphasis tags or strong or bold yep. or italics. Or a, anchor. A tags, yeah. You know, HRs. anchor tags frequently are in there. Um, So anything that's like generally meant to be, because inline, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not common that you have things that are inline but block, but there is a selector for that or a property for that. Your text would look kind of ridiculous if you every time you made text boldface, it jumped down to the next line and was full width. Now, the important thing to mention, and you you've hit on it already, right? Inline elements will honor their padding; they will push mm-hmm. out. It's a good way, to, like if you want some space around something clickable, mm-hmm. like a link. It's a good way to do that. You can give it enough padding that it would blow out of its line height, right? Mm-hmm. Line height being, you know, however tall your text line is. But the one thing about an inline element is it will not push anything around it. It has no sense of right overlapping. I mean, it will overlap, obviously, yeah. but it's not going to, like, push anything out of the way so that you have space. Because it doesn't understand collisions. Now, it also doesn't understand margins vertically, though it will respect them horizontally. A funny thing about inline content is that the the box, like the the box box model of inline content is set based on how big does the box need to be to display the content. And then whatever changes you make to it with styling in your CSS 
you could push that text all around. The box itself doesn't change. I, I, it might change with margin or padding setting changings to it. But like if you change the, the line height or a text indent or whatever else, the box stays where it is. Yeah. You just move the text. And sometimes the text can move out of the box entirely, uh, which is kind of a weird and unexpected thing. Um, but that's the joy of working in CSS. It, is... Imagine putting your finger like right in this, like, a, like a, it's a drawing and you put your finger mm-hmm. right in the center of it. Yeah. You're holding it there and anything you do is going to happen out from that. Yeah. It, but you're physically holding it in place. It cannot move. Right. Now, inline block is where this changes. Inline block lets you do both. So if you declare something as inline block, like let's say you put a button inside of mm-hmm. a P tag, uh, you know, in the, the middle of a paragraph of text, and it's set to inline block, then it will honor height and width, and it will push things around it. But right. it will also try to maintain the content flow. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of. I don't want to say the best of both worlds, but it has behaviors from both worlds because it it doesn't extend to fit the like its full width or anything. It will just use the minimum footprint necessary to exist. But then you can actually change uh, the size of the box itself using those properties. Yeah. And really, you know, I say like, oh, if it's in the middle of a paragraph, it'll do funky mm-hmm. stuff. The reality is you don't usually do inline block inside of something like a no. paragraph of text. It's m- more often useful for things like list items. Mm-hmm. Are you making a navigation and you want your list items to flow, flow horizontally and yeah. but also maintain a large hitbox? You know, right. inline block lets you have a line of blocks in that yeah. case which can be very useful buttons are good for that too but in a, you know you see it used in abstract with itself i see it a lot with uh a tags when you want to have an a tag as a button you do yes. inline block on those so i did mention there are some other display types table flex grid these are inner display types we're not going to go into them now because talking mm-hmm. about things like grid and flex will be an entire subject unto themselves yeah that's but, a much more complicated topic but but just understand that just because they are display types doesn't change the fact that the display types of block inline and to a lesser extent inline block are mm-hmm. your primary determinants. And right. that by setting something to table flex or grid, you are intrinsically telling the parent that it is a block element right. at that point. It's like a, it's a spicy block. So spacing. Let's talk spacing. Spacing is the next component of, of this. Okay. Spacing is terrible. Y- agreed. No, I mean Just spacing be- is terrible. Agreed. In, in, in just in general, no space works terrible. Yes, I agree. No, it's a it's a pneumatic device. It's powered by air. Yes, the air that comes out of my mouth hole. <laughs> it's it's a mnemonic device. Terrible. Oh, terrible. Okay. Uh, okay. If you're ever wondering, so anytime you ever have you ever seen like you know somebody declares padding or margin, and it'll mm-hmm. be like padding zero two mm-hmm. rem zero. Three RAM. Right. So uh, before we do that part, I think we should first say that margin and padding and many other things that have four sides to them, like they're boxy, um, you can do like padding top, padding right, yes. padding bottom. Um, that's like that's the long way, and sometimes that's the way you want to do it when you want to override. And they will be the prioritized above a general. Right. Right. But when you but you can also shortcut it. And so if you're doing a border or you're doing margin or padding, you can just do margin just as you were just saying, like or you said padding like yeah, either, zero, I mean, same. Yeah, zero three M or whatever. So um, 
they apply in terrible order, T-R-B-L. Top, right. right, bottom, left. So, like, you're going around the face of a clock. Right. Top, yep. right, bottom, left. And you can leave one off, mm-hmm. but off the end. So, if you just right. say one, so if, you, if it's padding five pixels, then it's going to say, cool, five pixels to everything. Right. If you say five pixels, ten pixels, it's going to apply <laughs> five pixels to the top and bottom and ten to the left and right. That's that's the one I, I use it constantly, but that one is tricky because if you know about top right, bottom left, and you're like, well, I just wanted to top and right, you might think you're just doing two, like five pixels, five pixels yeah. to get top and right. But no, that will get you uh y coordinates or the, the y directional sides and then the x directional yes. sides. It always will fill all four sides based yes. on what you've given it. So if we were to say uh Five pixels, ten pixels, ten pixels. Mm-hmm. So that we top. What, what five, will that? What will five our pixel top? Five pixel top right. Yes. Ten pixel bottom. Yes. What will our left be? Uh, whatever, whatever it would normally be, zero or whatever. Hmm. Is it? It does it take the x? Yeah. I don't usually do just three because I think you it can looks do silly. just three. Huh. Okay. So Today it would be. Yeah, five pixels. Hmm. Wait, what do we say? Oh, five top, ten right. So it'd be ten. Ten, yes. So yeah, you would have you would end up with five top, ten right, ten mm-hmm. bottom, and ten left. Um, yeah. Let's say, and like this is not the best way to do this, but let's say you wanted to, to just have ten pixels on the left, mm-hmm. but nothing else. Yeah. So what, what, I what would, would do, the shorthand for that be? Then I would say you mean like zero on all the sides? Yeah. So I would do padding zero px and then padding left ten px. Well, okay, but do it do it as a shorthand though specifically. Oh, uh, so padding zero 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 ten. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but you are also right. You could also just say padding zero mm-hmm. and then do padding left ten pixels. Yeah. That like I say, the the dash left will be prioritized over the generalized zero in that situation. But this applies to padding. It applies to margins. You can do it with borders. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much anything uh, that takes the four cardinal directions. Mm-hmm. So that's step one on spacing. So there are three components to spacing that you have to consider. One is borders. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on a second. So any of y'all who did web development in the early 2000s, around when IE6 was popular, this is where shit gets weird. And this is, you'll remember this. You ever heard about an IE hacks file? That's where this stuff comes in. <laughs> this I'm I'm only bringing this up because like this was such a nightmare for a long time. Like it was a get out your calculators. A, yeah, yeah, it was a weird thing. Like you would have this perfect design site, and and then you load it in IE6, and it just falls to pieces because the IE6 box model decided to calculate width and height differently than the standard box model. The, the the issue that was in IE6 was that it by default, and we'll talk about this in a second, it mm-hmm. defaulted to a uh, border box for everything, and yeah. you could not unset, you could not control it. There was no, right. it didn't accept any other value. Um, so, like the, which is the width- super, it was A, different from everything, and it was not well understood at the time. Right. And yeah. Uh, so, like, basically, your width, you would set your width to be something. Thinking like I'm okay. I'm going to make this 100 pixels wide, and I want to add 
like a two pixel padding to left to the left and right sides and then two pixel margin to the left and right sides and you think you think that it will fit inside of what 108 pixels wide well it's it's the opposite the the is problem it, went backwards? The, yeah the problem went yeah. the other way because if you said it's it's 100 so we're we're jumping ahead a little bit here but yeah. um well let's just yeah yeah. Let's we'll let's come, hold. We'll come back yeah. To yeah. Let's st- save this and when we get into the actual box model, we'll explain why it was the way it was. <laughs> um so with borders, borders yeah. exist between padding and margin. Um right. they they are the no man's land. They are the neutral zone. They are the DMZ. They're literally a border. They are well, I mean yeah. if you want to get technical. <laughs> are you a technical boy? Didn't think so. No. no. Uh so, but they are part of the box. Right. They are so between you, padding and margin, but they are part of the box. Margin is not. So if we have a box with, with 100 pixels, let's say you want to put two boxes side by side. And each box is 100 pixels wide. And you want to put a two pixel border around each one. What size do you need to fit them inside of so that they don't? bump down each other and, and how big are the boxes 100 pixels 100 pixels width so you would have to have a 208 pixel column yes because by default it's additive right. so you have 100 pixels wide 100 pixels wide and, and then, then two on the uh, left yeah two on the right yes and then another two on the left another two on the right that's the common mistake people make yeah, yeah. you have to add it twice and right. if, since we're doing since you said two boxes it's times four so right. Keep that in mind as we talk about this. But so borders are simple, though. If you wanted them to fit inside of a 200 pixel wide column, you would have to make your width set to 96 pixels. Right. Because that's 100 minus 2 minus 2 for yes. each one. Um, this is the kind of math that we had to do. Yeah, yeah. No, this is why this used to suck. Um, I mean, it's still like this is still a thing. Like it's still absolutely this is why a thing. I- this is why I love flex. I love flex so much because I never have to do this shit anymore. <laughs> the, and the reason why this is so much simpler now for what it's worth, as we'll get to this here in a second, is that we, by the most part, we default to what's called the alternative box model. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what makes this much easier. Right. But that came later. So <laughs> then you have padding. Padding is the next component right. of spacing. Padding is easy. Padding is just the distance between your content and the border. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it's just, it's white space. Think, you know. Pat- Padding is when you want to give, like, let's say that you have, let's say you're making a button. You're styling a link tag as a button and you want the text to have a little bit of breathing room around it because you put like a cool, like teal color in the background and the text is white and you want to not have the text be cramped. So you throw like half a rem of padding on it and then it had the, the text sits inside of a nice little blue field. So if padding is inside, Mm-hmm. margin is the alternative to butter yes uh it's not bad with a little garlic mixed in with it as well <laughs> um but also it is outside an element right so this is when you want to give your element breathing room as your element having breathing room not just the text right so you want to have like a series of buttons in your nav bar and the text has padding so that the text has a little bit of space around it and then you also want the buttons to not be right up against each other so that they kind of have their own breathing room you give them a margin so and each. a good way like we can meet space this a little bit here 
Sure. Um, so if you think about it, like if you built your house, right? Yeah. And you put a fence around your house, that's your okay. border. The house is your yes. content, right? The house okay. is the yes. thing that you want people to pay attention to. The fence you put around your house is your border. Uh-huh. It goes around. Right. It's literally a border. The padding is your yard. That's yes. the space between your house and the fence. You can have yes. a big yard. You can have a tiny yard. You can live in Boston, and all you have is a wrought iron gate with some dead plants between it and your brownstone. Um, then you <laughs> that have oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you have your road verge, right? And the road verge is what is between Wait, your what's fence. A road, what's a road verge? The, the it's the road. Yeah, it's the road verge. I don't even know what else to call it. Is there another I've word for it? That. I've never heard that term before. The, the carriageway? Um, the sidewalk? It's, no, it's what's between the sidewalk and the road, right? That little strip of oh, grass. The, the little bit of land that you're responsible for maintaining but isn't technically your land. Yes, exactly. There. Yes. Okay. I didn't know those are called road verges. Okay. Road verge. That's the margin. And so that could be right. big or small or whatever, but it's right. the buffer that keeps your fence, your area away from area that's not yours the road you don't want to be in the road being in the road's bad like that's where other stuff goes right so that's actually that is literally the best metaphor i've done today and i have done some really (laughs) shitty (laughs) metaphors today that one actually works i'm sticking with that a margin like would be like a dmz too like it's you, you have you have your house you have your fence and then if you didn't want your fence to be on your property line the area between your property line and the fence would be the margin. Yeah, you could bring the fence in closer to your house. Maybe you actually have some yard between the sidewalk and the fence that yeah, like is yours, you, but you don't want the fence there. Maybe you want to put plants or something on the outside of your fence, but you need to keep it on your land. So you have a, your property line and then the fence and then your padding and then your content. Now, there is one really kind of cool, semi-complicated concept that is worth mentioning here, which is uh, margin collapsing. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I, I know what you're talking about, and it always trips me off. And then the way I deal with it is I just say fuck repeatedly and then just keep tweaking the margins until it looks like what I wanted to look Well, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> um, let me give you let me give you the definition. This is from MDN just because okay. I'm feeling lazy at this point. Um, if you have two elements whose margins touch and both okay. margins are positive, those margins will combine to become one margin and its size will be equal to the largest individual margin. If one margin is oh. negative, its value will be subtracted from the total. So technically, the example we used earlier with the two 100-pixel boxes, if the margin right of the first box and the margin left of the second one would actually merge into a so, two-pixel margin. Yeah, so take you got you have two boxes. Ignore the padding, ignore the mm-hmm. the border, right? Let's right. say you have two or you have one column. You have a 200-pixel column with two boxes mm-hmm. in inside of it. Those yeah. two boxes are whatever size they need to be, and right. each one has 10 pixels of margin around them, but they are side by side. Yeah. What will the space between the boxes be? Just 10 pixels. Just 10 pixels, yes. Right. They will combine. Um, the The last part is uh, where both are negative, the margins will collapse and the smallest value will be used just for what it's worth. Um, hmm. so negative, mar- negative margins are weird. Negative margins can get real funky. 
Yeah, like a negative margin is what you would use when you want to like pull content. Like we were talking earlier about like if you, you you place your inline element and then you can fuck with the text however you want, but the the stuff stays where your fingers touches it, you know. Um, but with negative margins, you can make the the thing kind of like phantomly appear off from where it should be, even though the root. The root of that thing is where the finger was. Very delicate <laughs> usage. Yeah. Um, the, the easy way to put this in context, think about like your long form content, right? Mm-hmm. So if you've got, you know, you're styling blog posts and whatnot, and I'm literally doing this right now. And then we had a conversation about it at work because mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out like we've got instances where we have a lot of paragraphs. And so you like right. normally with like long form content with linear content, you generally don't margin tops and bottoms. You right. only margin like a paragraph. You tend to only margin the bottom. Um, sure. Yeah. S- just for the sake of simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you insert a heading and maybe that heading is supposed to have so much space on top and so much space on bottom. But mm-hmm. a heading doesn't necessarily come after a paragraph. Maybe sometimes right. it comes after an image or a block quote or something else that has its own spacing rules right you can get into this like weird headspace of how do i know like how do i make sure to keep this (laughs) the same size no matter what and the answer is you don't have to think about it as long as the largest size is in fact the size you need right as long as the heading is always supposed to have a hundred pixels before it it doesn't matter if like because if you have a situation that let's say that is a a paragraph and a block quote mm-hmm. and a paragraph. And okay. your block quote is meant to have 50 pixels of margin, top and bottom, to okay. push it away from paragraphs. But your paragraphs only have 16 pixels of bottom right. margin. Well, and even here, like the, the, the instance even works here, which is if your paragraph has 16 pixels of bottom margin and your block mm-hmm. quote has 50 pixels of top margin, it's going to have mm-hmm. 50 pixels 50. of space. It will yeah. absorb that smaller number. That's also true with something like a heading that comes yeah. after it. It can be useful to intuit it as the margin that you set is like guaranteeing that you will have th- at least this much yes. space around it. Yes, I like that. Yeah. It will always be the maximum value of the mm-hmm. two, be- you know, top and bottom that is applied right. from the two elements. So that can be really helpful when trying to do that math of, oh, crap. Like, you don't have to think about it. And here's where this gets ugly, is try to avoid adding padding and margin where you can. Oh, I do both all the time. It's Yeah, it's, and it's a pain <laughs> in the butt, right? I, I do it. I've done it so many years, man, that, like, it's just whatever now. I, I just see it in my head like I'm Neo in the Matrix or whatever. But but yeah, no, it's like I remember when I was starting out, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> the way I kind of – I tend to describe it is – Padding should only be used in two instances. Okay. When you need visual separation, like actual visual separation. So it's like you've got a button that you have a background on and you want to make mm-hmm. sure that background goes 20 pixels above and below what you need. Yeah. But that's different from the rest of the background. Right. So you need the padding to push the picture frame out away from it. It's like a a mat on a photo, right? Yes. Uh, if you're framing photos, you have a mat on it because you want the picture frame to be away from the content, the photo. Yes. That's padding. That is literal padding in this case. So that's a great use of it. Mm-hmm. If you just need space, if you 
are hanging pictures on the wall, you just mm-hmm. physically separate the elements, and that's done with mm-hmm. margining. Remember we said at the start, padding and borders are part of your box. Right. So a, a case that I, I did recently, um, I was setting a footer on a site, and it had a solid black background. And the background of the content area was different. It was using like an image for the background. It had a different look. And what I wanted was I wanted the text in the footer to have, I wanted the the background, the black background of the footer to extend a little bit above where the text was to have some space there, just visually some white space or black space, I guess, in this case. Uh, So I used a padding top on the footer. But then I also, I didn't want the content to run right into the footer. So I did margin top on top of that. Right. Yeah. I, I did say I had two uses for padding. The second usage is when you need your hit space to be bigger. So mm-hmm. sometimes, like let's say a menu item, um, you want to maximize the hit space for your your uh, menu item. And mm-hmm. it might be that you're in, you know, the height of your menu is 50 pixels. So you might as well use all of that for the hit state of your menu item. And even though visually it may not look like a button or it may not have an obvious border to it or an obvious in spot to it, by using right. padding, you can increase the area you can touch or tap or click on. So the the issue here, and so we pretty much hit on it, but I just want to say it like for plain, mm-hmm. unlike spacing is additive, if you have padding and margin, they combine. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, if you have padding on the top of your footer and then margining of 20 pixels each then you have 40 pixels of space before your thing hits if you're if you have an element with 20 pixels of bottom margin Mm -hmm. and then your next element has 20 pixels of top padding again you're going to have 40 pixels you don't get that collapsing uh that only with the margin margin. padding never collapses for what it's worth there's no such thing as padding collapsing okay so here we are. We've talked for like 45 minutes on this. And you're like, when are you going to talk about the box model? That's what we've been talking about. This is we've all box model. talking about it, man. So all you need to know now is the difference between the standard box model and the alternative box model. And it's just how all of these things work. Yeah, I'm curious about this. I, I don't know that I knew that there was an alternative model. Maybe I've been using it this whole time and just didn't know it. Well, yeah, that's real. That's the thing, yeah. right? You, it doesn't. It, it just like the fact that we call it the box model in general. It's just a convention. Mm-hmm. It's a name we've created. The mm-hmm. standard box model is what is standard. It's literally how the right. browser is going to react out of the box. Now, maybe I, I would have to check this, and I didn't before the episode ran. And you would think I would have because this is sort of important, but I didn't. So, I mean, don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> as far as I know, the standard is. The standard, like the browsers have not overridden this as the default behavior, which is that the standard box model is what we call content box. That means that when you are putting your sizes together, Mm -hmm. the size of your element, the outer box of your element will be the height or width, depending on which one Mm -hmm. you're measuring, plus padding, plus left border, plus right border. Right. So if you say this element is 100 pixels. Mm-hmm. with a 5-pixel left margin and a 10-pixel right margin, mm-hmm. the total width is 115 pixels. It's additive. Right. Everything's additive. Right. This is what we call padding pushes. So with that 100 pixels, that padding pushes outward on your mm-hmm. element. Uh, 
Now I did say uh, a border. I didn't say how much padding was on it. Let's say it's let's say it's fifty pixels, or let's keep it easy, hundred pixels. The mm-hmm. box you say is a hundred pixels, and then you say it's right. got ten pixels of padding, and then two pixels of border. What right. you've really said is this is a hundred and twenty-four pixels wide. Right. Everything's added. So if you're wanting to fit two of them into a single column side by side, then you need two hundred and forty-eight pixels. Yes. Margin. Not counted. Right. That doesn't add in. So that's by default. That's mm-hmm. the standard block box model. That's how you calculate width with the standard box model. Mm-hmm. The alternative box model is turned on when on an element you say you use the CSS property box sizing and you say the value is border box. Yeah. Th- this is this is the default behavior on IE6. Yes. This is so yeah, so yeah. now we come full circle, right? So right. Here's where this gets ugly because the default is the standard, which is the value content box, which right. means when you say height and width, it is applying to the content box, mm-hmm. not the container, not the box. Right. When you say box sizing is border box, you're saying I want my height and width to apply to my border and work inward. Right. IE6 said <laughs> border box is the thing. Right. They were, and it's funny because, like, they were right. Like, that is ultimately the better way to go about this. But they were the only ones who said that, and they didn't let you override it. And so it was really nasty for, like, having to either write things separately, like two style sheets, and apply mm-hmm. only one uh, with some fancy, stupid uh, selectors, or you did everything with box sizing. I don't agree that it's better. I, I, because, because of the way the padding and the width interact, where there, there's kind of like the widths get, the, the sizes get weird because you think you're setting it to be a certain size. And then like the padding gets, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain this. It's just, I've used both and I find that the standard model is more intuitive when you approach it from the perspective of content, I guess maybe that's the thing, right? Is if you're, if you're approaching your web design the way you might do like an application, like you're making a wind form or something in those cases, you want to define the box. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Go I'm, I'm going to let everybody else uh, blast you on that one. Cause I mean, every, cool. at this point, everything, you know, anytime you use bootstrap foundation, any mm-hmm. of these um, for the most part, a lot of resets do this. Like, Setting stuff to default to border box instead of mm-hmm. content box for box sizing, going with the alternative model makes things – it takes away all the math. Now you don't have to do math. Mm-hmm. You just have to know when I click on Figma and this element is 100 pixels wide, Yeah, I don't have to think about, well, it's actually however wide my content is plus the 20 pixels of padding on each side plus the border. So how wide does that inner have to be now? Okay, well, that's mm-hmm. – Gonna have to be fifty four pixels or fifty six pixels <laughs> width. Like no, I just say it's a hundred pixels. Give it two pixels of border and twenty pixels of padding, and it automatically subtracts that. So I said like padding pushes in the standard mm-hmm. model, padding pulls mm-hmm. in the border box. Uh, right. model, the alternative model. So now you it takes all the math away from that. Now so in, the, in st- this case. You say you have a 100 pixels wide border box. It's it's effectively, not entirely, there are ways to get around, right. but it is effectively immutable. 
it means if I if I tell you to have a fifty pixel border, then your box is all border, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because uh, it won't add it on. It's not going to be two hundred pixels, a hundred plus fifty plus fifty. It will be yeah a hundred minus fifty minus fifty. Um, so the the <laughs> equation literally is content box is your height or your width again depending on which one you're measuring minus right. padding minus left border minus right border and that's how big your content box is. Right. So if you if you have a hundred pixel wide box with say four pixels of padding and two pixel border. Then your content box is actually what, uh, eighty-eight, 88 pixels yes. wide. Yeah. Good, good math. Yeah, I mean you're not drinking. I told so. you. I, I told you. I I do this. I've done this for like literally twenty years now. <laughs> if you want to use the alternative model by default, the easy way of doing it is just on your in your CSS, just mm-hmm. do the HTML selector HTML and say box sizing border box. And then follow that up with a star selector, and you can do a, a comma, star, colon, colon, before, comma, star, colon, colon, after, and just say box sizing inherit. And that makes everything be border box by default, and you can set things to content box if you need them to be. Aaron's making faces at me. I'm, I'm yeah, going to yeah. need some folks to chime in on Twitter about this, because <laughs> I am right. I'm right. I'm a I, right I boy. We- we can both have our preferences. <laughs> I, I you can take my content box from my cold dead hands. Like I just, it's nothing wrong I, with. I, like it, it is one of yeah. the two options. Like that's it. Like it's just one of the two ways of working. I like content box because I like to say the content's going to be this big, and I want to have this much padding. And I'm like building out from each of the content that I'm like manifesting onto the page, and. I worry about the placing and stuff later. Like I, you know, whittle it back down as necessary. I feel a Twitter poll. That's, that's what we're missing uh, here. Twitter poll. <laughs> I, I just want to have fun with uh, it now. I just want to fight. Yeah. That's I'm fine. a fighty boy. <laughs> uh, so last thing I'll leave you with, um, the easy way to really figure this stuff out is just go use browser dev tools. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, hit F12, right click, click inspect on something, um, on uh, usually on the inspector panel or the elements panel, um, there is a sub panel called layout, mm-hmm. and in that it will show you a visual representation oh, of how it's calculating the box model. On Firefox, or at least in Chrome, it's called computed. Oh, is it computed? Yeah, there there is also a layout one, but the layout one gives you options to enable uh, visual hints on CSS Grid and Flexbox. Yeah, and you can you can also get it with Chrome. It's also inside the Styles tab. It's just at the mm, bottom mm-hmm. of the Styles, whereas Computed puts it at the top. Um, but yes, you are one hundred percent right. It is. It's not on lay- layout. Is a, a totally different uh, a deal so, on Chrome. Two cool things about that though is you can hover over the margin border padding and content, and it will highlight it on the page. Yes. And you can click on, they have little like dashes on the, each of the spots on the four sides of each of those things. And you can click on them and you can change it to like whatever you want. Right. And yeah. it'll actually modify it. It's, it's really cool. I, I'm really happy that they made this. That's probably the most intuitive way to understand the box model is by seeing that diagram and just messing with the numbers. That visualization is super useful. It's also your gateway um, mm-hmm. And I'm just dropping this as a hint. I don't, I'm not going to go into <laughs> it. But from there, you'll discover that there are ways to do things like 
show like your CSS grid lines or your your flex boxes mm-hmm. and things like that as well. And that will open up a world to you if you have not done it. So, and it's all in if I, I it's in Firefox, it's in Chrome. I think it's all relatively in that same area. So, right. be on the lookout for that. But that is your introduction to the CSS box <laughs> model. <laughs> And that is your introduction to the CSS. I said that already. I did that already. Um, You said that part already. Listen, I am Bacardi drunk on Soda Stream (laughs) Orange Tang. And I'm not even kidding. Like, it is orange. the Orange Tang flavor squirter. Oh, man. That sounds really good, actually. (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, wait. We talked. We never actually mentioned about centering a div. I'm going to give you. Okay, give them. Do it. two, Two tricks for centering. There are many different ways to do it. For horizontal centering, if you want to center a... I use a center block, tag. Center tag, right? <laughs> if you want to center a block item that has a width set in it. Float center. You can do, <laughs> no? You can do margin zero auto. And what that does is it auto sets the margins on the x-axis. It doesn't say center it anywhere in it. No. It, no, it doesn't. And this is like this is like a real hack back in the day. Um, so margin zero auto. If you have a statically set width item inst- that you want to center inside of its container outside of it, the other way is to do it to the container and do text align center. Um, that's a little bit cheaper and it's not maybe as reliable, but in a pinch, it usually works. And if you want to get a little squirrely with this and you want to go a little farther about like actually centering stuff and, and you want to get into more of these other display types, go check mm-hmm. out uh, either Flexbox Froggy or uh, Grid Garden. Um, and you'll okay. learn about things like Align Items Center or Justify Content Center that has yeah. to do with how you center a div, but within the context of some of these other layout mechanisms we mentioned. We will go into these in depth later this season, but... That's I love start. Flexbox. It's my favorite. Flexbox um, and Grid I, if, are super powerful. We we will do we will do an episode on Flexbox and Grid if that's something that interests people. Um, and you can let us know on facebox.com slash drunkenux or twitterbox.com slash drunkenux or instagrams.com slash drunkenux podcast or um, uh, drunkenux.com slash discord box. No box. No, no box. Drunkenbox.com. Box drunk. Drunkenboxer. You literally have not drank. I have COVID brain, man. Okay. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I, and I, I also, can't, I can't uh, tear you down for that. So that sucks. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, if you like the show and things like transcripts and stuff matter to you, um, please help contribute to our transcript effort. Um, drunkenux.com slash support we'll link you to our Patreon there's a few different tiers and we put the money right into doing um, eventually getting human we'll pay a person a, a good rate to do actual human made transcripts human, human work not, human not robot work robots what we use now um, the robot's better than our old robot but I like, human box I like people better um, and boxy boy I'm a boxy boy transcripty boxy boy, boy. Uh, I don't know why that was a joke for the evening, but I think I'm I'm drunk. Kind of just landed on it, I guess. Uh, I'm I'm like a I'm like a dog with a bone. I'm a dog boy. Uh, (laughs) Oh god, I almost I was hopeful. I saw that cup going up, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get him. I no, I I did not. 
Well, it's, yeah, it's mostly empty, and I just I just did not do a, a good enough job being the boy who keeps his personas close and his users oh. closer. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right.